Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by a jiu-jitsu coach and a wrestling teammate. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to The Engine. It's hard doing hard stuff. (laughs) That is not, by any stretch of the imagination, a profound statement, obviously. But it is hard. And one of the hardest things is doubting whether or not you can do it. Right? Like if you know you can do something and it's hard, but you're like, hey, look, it's hard and we just move on with our lives and that's it. You know, it's it's not as torturous as as the alternative. When something's really hard and you don't know if you can do it or you doubt whether you're going to be able to make yourself do it, that's when it becomes really torturous because you enter this phase of contemplation of like, am I going to do it? Am I not going to do it? Can I do it? Can I not do it? There are a lot of problems with that. And and it's one of the things that, that I think people struggle with the most, especially my students. They always wonder, look, can I, can I improve my score? You know, can I get, you know, only five wrong or only two wrong? Or can I get zero wrong? The answer in my mind is always yes. Look, yes, you can. 100%. Stop wondering if you can do it. And just, you know, get after doing it. And it, it's been a weird thing being that voice because I think overwhelmingly that's not, that's not a real voice, right? Or it's not like a natural voice. My, my first jujitsu, one of my first jujitsu coaches, um, I didn't, I didn't care for her coaching style that much, but she did have some insights occasionally into how, how people thought about things. And she called it, I think it was like the evil midget in your head not to be derogatory towards small people, but that's just what she what she said. She wasn't very PC. And it was easy to understand because we would do, I would do these uh, jiu-jitsu practices. And, and this is back when I didn't really know what jiu-jitsu was. And the people I was training with were really just into, you know, uh, uh, really jiu-jitsu kind of style of wrestling, right? So it was very explosive. It was very power-oriented. It was very very strength-oriented. And for anybody who knows anything about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, they know that the people that are best at it are incredible at using very little power and very little strength. So I train with people all the time. Now, I can train for hours because and, and very effectively because I'm not using a ton of strength. But that's not how it was when I first started training with my original coach. Is very power oriented, and because of that, it became this incredible athletic kind of aerobic endeavor where you're you're you know working super hard. You're trying to trying to push through. You're wrestling with this other guy, and he's wrestling back, and then you're both trying to choke each other. And in those in those moments, as in any any sport where you're where you're fighting on that level, you have these moments of doubt, and this little voice in your head is just telling you stop. Or he's going to get you. Or you're not good enough. And man, that evil midget. It just takes the wind out of your sails. It really it really wrecks the experience. Because again, you're trying to improve yourself. That's why you're at practice. You're, you're trying to be a better person. You're trying to improve your skill in this particular way. And... The whole time, 
you just have this little crappy voice that I think everyone has, this voice of self-doubt. And it becomes overwhelming for a lot of people. And I think that's why a lot of people just stop doing the things they're doing. That's a, that's a difficult thing to see. It's a difficult thing to see people give up on, on things they love or things that they want to be good at because of that little bastard voice. My, my first wrestling coach, though, not jiu-jitsu. I didn't do that, start doing that until I was 22, 23. My first wrestling coach was a guy named Paul Brown. Big burly guy, talk like this. He was about 300 pounds, and uh, he would have been in the Olympics if it hadn't gotten boycotted. I mean, he's a different kind of guy. And he would beat the hell out of us. And I was just a little 14-year-old. I went into the season, I think, at 168 pounds, just a little soft kid. And within a month, I was 149 pounds. I, I mean, we burned through calories. We beat the hell out of ourselves, the likes of which I didn't think was possible as a human being. I mean, we went, we went to the end. And what was interesting about Paul is he would, he would beat you to the ground. He would have you collapsing to the point where it didn't matter what the voice in your head said. It didn't matter, you know, what you thought of yourself. You physically couldn't do a push-up. You couldn't even stand up. And again, 14 years old, I wasn't that old. But here was a thing with Paul. In the moments when you would break and fall apart, he would walk over and pick you up, get you squared away, and keep going. There was no... There was no berating you, you know, standing over you, screaming at you, calling you a piece of crap or something. There was no neglecting you, you know, for you to wallow in your own failings and, and confirm your own self-doubt and criticism. He would, he would help you up and you'd start going again. That was it. And... That, that struck me. I don't know why. I was like, God, that's, it's different. We would do these fireman carries sometimes. So you'd pick up, uh, pick up one of your teammates on your shoulder and you'd run around the room. And you'd run till they said stop. So here I am, 148, 149 pound 14-year-old carrying around a guy who's 170 pounds on my back. Running, not just walking, like going as fast as you can around the room go for like 30 seconds or a minute guy would pick you up and flip guy and other guy would pick you up it was it was brutal and one of my teammates this guy Juan who had been around been around my coach Paul for a few years if I was carrying him around I knew I knew that after a little bit of time after 10 seconds he'd start saying really quiet yes you can yes you can he would encourage me and he'd push me and I'd be dying. I was just, oh, it hurt. And he'd just be whispering in my ear the whole time, yes, you can. And I thought about that the other day. I was running home. I was running home with bricks in my hand. <laughs> I know it seems odd, but I run with bricks. It's really hard. 
it, it doesn't allow you to get into a rhythm. It doesn't allow you to get into a space in your head where you're comfortable. You run with bricks. You know you're running with bricks every single step. So I'm running with bricks. And I hear, I hear that little guy, the voice in my head, not the evil, demented midget, but the voices of the people who helped me back up. And I realized then that what all of those people were doing was working to build a different dialogue in my head, build a different dialogue and voice, not of doubt, not of question, not of criticism, but of infinite affirmation, a voice of infinite capacity and faith saying, you have this, you can do this, keep going, I'll get you home. And I realized how much that voice has helped me in my life. I realized I was running the other day and it brought me to tears. Because I have had a lot of doubt in my life. I have had a lot of self-criticism. And without that voice that a couple people cultivated when I was a young kid, without that voice, I would not have been able to make it through those times. I would not be running home to my beautiful wife and wonderful family in a nice, safe town with a Christmas tree up. I would not be successful and capable the way I am now. The little voice that gets me home is not a voice that I was born with, and I don't think it's a voice that a lot of people are born with. The voice we're born with is the demented evil midget telling us that we're sucking and we're terrible and we're not going to make it. But if you have one person, all it takes is one person to give you that other little voice, the other voice that will help you get home. That could be changing your entire life could be altering your life course. You need to find that person. You need to develop that voice because that voice will take you home. I'm Matt Todd, and this is the engine that drives me. Go out and crush it.